Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best-selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of shit for us to talk about, so stop making excuses and let's get started because this gets real right now. All the way from the studios at Podcast One, here's John Taffer. Wow, it's number 65. Holy wow, I can't believe it, man. Number 65, I'm John Taffer. This is my No Excuses podcast. and i got to thank everybody, Corey. We crossed 3 million downloads. Yeah, we did. Which is pretty cool, and, and we're yeah. tracking it about, I guess, 300,000, uh, 350,000 downloads a month or something right now. Yeah. Pretty damn exciting. So thanks, everybody. I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate the support, and we're always working to make this uh, podcast better. So uh, any comments you share with us online, know that we read them. Any emails you send us, know that we read those too. And, of course, don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts or go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app and tell them what happens, Corey. You get your new podcast every Tuesday. Bingo, man. It happens automatically. The marvel of automation. So I had a busy week. Just finished Bar Rescue 184, my 184th episode. I lose count every once in a while. It's unbelievable how many times I'll look at some of my and say, what episode is this? And uh, they'll tell, oh, 183. Or what and and I, the next week I'll say, oh, what episode is this? And every week, what episode is this? What episode is this? But I've got to tell you, the last five or six Bar Rescue episodes have been the most emotional I've ever had. Corey, last week, man, I was crying half the episode. The story was just unbelievable to me, and, and uh, some owners and people you just want to fight for and really help, and this season of Bar Rescue has been a lot of those, and it's been extremely emotional, and I can't wait for you guys to see them. It'll be about another six, eight weeks before those hit the air, but it's been, wow, a really exciting time, and i got to thank everybody. Mixologist, uh, my mixer line at Walmart is like off the charts. It's doing great. I love everybody's comments. I'm real excited. And we're introducing Taffer Carbonated Craft Cocktails in about three weeks, Corey. I know. I can't wait for that. Yeah, you tasted them in the office, didn't you? Oh, so good. Yeah, they're really amazing. We got some very, very cool flavors. And those come out in Walmart also in, in just about three weeks. So I'm pretty excited about that. And anybody who's a poker player who's going to be in Vegas on September 27th, for you know the charity that I'm on the board of, it's one of my most important things, which is Keep Memory Alive, Cleveland Clinic. Uh, uh, we have our annual poker tournament. Jack Binion, the legend, will be there. A bunch of championship poker players will be there. I will be there playing poker. It is a $10,000 prize. September 27th uh, at the Keep Memory Alive Center in Bonneville Avenue in Las Vegas. Come on, let's play some poker, man. And anybody who's coming, <laughs> don't forget to bring your checkbook. Because I'm planning on winning that night. <laughs> but uh, uh, September 27th at 6.30 p.m., the Keep Memory Alive Poker Tournament with Jack Binion and I will be there. And what an amazing guy Jack Binion is. Think about this. His father almost created this town. You know, Binion's, the stories of these guys driving into town with cash in the trunk of their cars, Corey, and starting these casinos. And the early days of Las Vegas is amazingly fascinating to me of how casino gambling and everything started. Vegas is so amazing, and maybe I should post a couple of these pictures online. Vegas is so amazing that this morning, Corey, you don't know this, I went to a friend's office on the other side of town, Okay, and he says to me, oh, John, you got to see uh, my friend's office next door. You Star Wars fan? So I said, sure. He goes, you got to see this. So I walk into the office next door, and this office is uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds' son's office. Oh, wow. And, of course, his sister uh, uh, was Carrie Fisher from Star Wars. So I walk into this building, and to my left is R2-D2 from the movie. No way. C-3PO from the movie. All of these Star Wars effects. I will post the pictures online this afternoon on Facebook and my social media. I have a picture of myself holding the Maltese Falcon. 
the Maltese Falcon from the movie. So <laughs> I'm, awesome. I'm holding it. I have a photograph of me holding the ruby slipper from the Wizard of Oz. A picture of me standing next to Liberace's chandelier. That's the coolest thing about Las Vegas, Corey, is you never know what you're going to find in this city. So this morning I go to a friend's office. He takes me next door. And now I'm standing there holding the ruby slipper from right. the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm holding the Maltese Falcon from the greatest Humphrey Bogart movie of all time, standing next to Liberace's chandelier. So I'm going to post a little video uh, that I took there today and a couple of photographs. Let's do that as soon as we're finished with yeah, the I podcast. See those. Really cool. But what an amazing surprise this morning. Then yesterday afternoon, those of you who follow me know, I went out and bought a Jeep a few weeks ago because I love going out in the desert, Corey. You sort of inspired me a little bit because you're big out there in the hills. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we went out yesterday, Corey. We're driving out by Blue Diamond out by the mountains out there. We pull off the road and we're standing and a herd of wild burros come up to us. Oh, but they walked right up to us, yeah, and they're sort of kissing our, our our hands, and we're scratching the heads, and so we took all of these pictures, and we sort of hung out with these wild burrows That's by awesome. the side of the road. Corey, they were so mellow and and, and friendly, I couldn't get over it. So uh, that's what it's like living in Las Vegas, from the burrows in the desert the next morning <laughs> to holding the ruby slippers. Yep. You never know the surprises that life is full in. And speaking of surprises, uh, uh, <laughs> some of the news this week was pretty amazing. A Florida burglar breaks into somebody's home to make breakfast. When a resident wakes up, he tells him to go, Don't, just go back to sleep. Don't worry, I'm making breakfast. <laughs> He's going to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> How about the guy in Florida? who's really worried about the hurricane last week, Hurricane Dorian. So he takes his smart car and pulls it into his kitchen. Oh, yeah. I saw a picture online. It's pretty funny. Actually. Pretty funny. Yeah. How about Hurricane Dorian reveals Civil War era cannonballs and cannons on the beach in South Carolina? Oh, wow. So it so eroded the sand that, I don't know, six feet under, eight feet under, they found all of these Civil War cannonball and artifacts. Pretty unbelievable. And for all you space people in England's southwest, Sunday morning, they thought there was this huge plane crash based on radar screens and everything. It turned out to be a, a, a huge meteor. Oh, that's cool. How about this guy named Winter? Guy travels all around the world 22 years. And you know what his big accomplishment was over 22 years? This guy travels the entire world, Corey. And what does he do when he travels the entire world? He visits 15,061 Starbucks. Okay. Now, <laughs> it's sort of if you've been to one, you've been to them all. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I'm bad-mouthing Starbucks. I think they have a great product, great concept. They've created a lifestyle, a really deep brand, great auxiliary products. There's a whole bunch of great things you can say about Starbucks. But to travel the world, to go to every Starbucks... I mean, how much wood grain can you see? <laughs> how many grinders can you hear? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess to each their own. I guess. But this one really got me. Scientists in Russia has made a vodka from Chernobyl's exclusion zone. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Chernobyl is the Russian nuclear reactor that exploded years ago. Right, and people died, and they had to bury it in concrete, and they had to empty an entire city, and hundreds of thousands of people were evacuated. It was a big freaking deal when it happened. So this company is now making Ukraine brewed, which is an interesting term, vodka, and they're they're actually using the crops and waters from the Chernobyl region, about ten meters from the actual incident. Nope, I'm out. And it's called it's called Atomic, A-T-O-M-I-K. Now, would you drink that? You already answered nope. me. So I probably might want to buy a bottle, but I'm not sure I'd even leave it in my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a collector's item thing, I think. Yeah, because if it's sitting in your house and you turn off the lights and it's got a little glow to it, what, oh, do, you, yeah. <laughs> what do you do that? So, you know, to each their own, creating new products. Uh, uh, but, geez, I'm not certain that, that, that the atomic vodka is going to go very far. So I'm pretty excited about Taffer's Tavern. So we launched Taffer's Tavern, our franchise. I'm very excited about it. We, we put together an incredible food menu program, concept, renderings, all of that. 
We sold our first franchises in Atlanta. We start construction next week, so I'm very excited about that. So for the city of Atlanta, looks like you're going to have our first Taffer's Tavern, and it's probably going to open, Corey, in about three and a half to four months. That's crazy. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. But as usual, our government is at work hard for us, Corey. They're creating a flow of paperwork and votes that matter. For example, today, as I speak, it's National Teddy Bear Day. Oh. Very important. Also, Care Bear Share Your Care Day. So Care Bear's obviously got some kind of a congressional support of something. It's National Wiener Schnitzel Day. You like Wiener Schnitzel? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I love Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah. So National Boss Employee Exchange Day. So does this mean I have to exchange something with you? Uh, money. Money. Okay, yep. That's the only thing I'm allowed to exchange. Okay. Yep. Well, that's going to be a sidebar conversation. Okay. National Swap Ideas Day. These are the others this week. National TV Dinner Day. Boy, that's a phrase that disappeared. When I was young, we would eat those TV dinners out of those foil little packets, and, and, and those foil trays, rather. And there was something special about TV dinners back then. That's a phrase I guess that doesn't exist so much anymore. National Ants on a Log Day. What the frick is that? I mean, what the hell is that? National Make Your Bed Day, National Hot Cross Bun Day, Patriot Day, and National Day of Service and Remembrance. Well, that's a good day. Yeah. National Video Games Day. Corey, that's sort of your thing there. Yeah. So, so on Wednesday, you're going to have to play your ass off. All right. Uh, also on September 12th, National Chocolate Milkshake Day, National Day of Encouragement. So I am encouraging you to have a chocolate milkshake and then go play your video games. All right. Sounds good. National Report Medicare Fraud Day. National School Picture Day. Oh, remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember Picture Day in school? That was fun. Yeah. Everybody would get all dressed up and you'd come in. It was Picture Day. Get out of class. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, that was fun. National Hug Your Boss Day. (laughs) I got you back. So you got me on the exchange. I got you back on a National Hug Your Boss Day. (laughs) It's amazing. National Hug Your Boss Day could conflict with the Me Too movement. It could cause all sorts oh, of yeah. politically incorrect issues today, which is a whole discussion in itself. I mean, you know, sometimes I like to hug my employees when they do a great job and stuff, but you really can't do things like that anymore, Corey. It's a different day. Yeah. And it's sort of a shame because I think it, it prevents us from even having closer relationships, I think. You know, buddy? So, so let's put aside all the political correctness and, and, and let's go down with the Hug Your Boss Day. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. National Sober Day was a bar guy. You know, I'm all for us being sober and responsible, but geez, if nobody drank all day long today, that would cause a serious depression or economic recession in the bar industry. How about National Cream Filled Donut Day? National Eat a Hoagie Day? National Live Creative Day, whatever the hell that is. National Virginia Day, and you're ready for the grand finale? Here we go. I'm ready. National Cheese Toast Day. Wow. National Linguini Day, National Felt Hat Day, Double Cheeseburger Day, Cream Dement Day, Tackle Kids Cancer Day, National Online Earning Day, Greenpeace Day, and I'm finishing it up with the ultimate grand finale, and I hope my wife is not listening, because this Saturday is Wife Appreciation Day. (laughs) (laughs) It's a busy week. It's a very busy week. That's our Congress at work. So uh, there we go. So I'm pretty damn excited about something that we're doing online, which people have asked me for for a really long time, and that's our bar rescue recipes. When we do a bar rescue episode, the recipes uh, would get hundreds of thousands of downloads, and Diageo would put them on their site, and the network would put them on the site, and I'd put them on my site. So now what we're doing is I am going to post every week – the recipes from that episode. Is that correct, Corey? Yep, that is. And we're going to post them on our social media channel. So if you see something that you like in a Bar Rescue episode, for example, Pole Without a Purpose is one that we're posting. Weird Science is another one. Nut Cleared for Takeoff, Operation Puerto Rico. These are the cocktails from those episodes. Ground Control to Major John, Life, Liberty, and a Pursuit of Fat Balls. (laughs) (laughs) Caving In, Father Knows Best. Ode to the Captain and the Power of Bacon and Beer. So those are the, some of the episode recipes that we're loading now. We're starting with favorites, and then we're going to start loading uh, uh, the episodes each week, which is pretty cool. Hopefully you guys have some fun with that. And if you use Taffer Mixologist, you can uh, make some of those recipes pretty darn easily. Yeah. So you a big football fan, Corey? I am, yeah. So it's pretty exciting. We're seeing the Raider Stadium come up here in Vegas. It's yeah. freaking beautiful, man. 
So next year we have the Raiders here in Vegas. Pretty darn exciting. And some people are saying it might become the most valuable sports franchise in the world because of its location here. And we'll see. We'll see what kind of media deals happen and all the other packages. But it's really incredibly exciting. And football is here. So if you're looking to add some excitement, you can make BetDSI your betting partner. You can use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games till the final whistle. And new members get a 100% bonus match. That's pretty cool. A 100% bonus match using promo code TAFFER101. That's double your money to start winning today. And BetDSI has been paying winners for over 20 years, is a top-rated betting review site, and you can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash, Corey. And you're pretty good at this. So I'm guessing you can make some money. It's got a great and friendly mobile interface, and it has the fastest payouts in the industry. And the coolest thing is BetDSI offers betting options for everything. You can bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, all other major sports, politics, reality TV, eSports, and virtually anything. So try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, every minute till the end. And don't forget... 100% 100% bonus match using promo code TAFFER101. That's double your many. It's only a game until you bet it on BetDSI. And I'll be right back with In the Dark. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Man, what a great time of year beautiful weather and football is right around the corner and if you're looking to add some excitement make bet dsi your betting partner use bet dsi's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games till the final whistle and new members get a hundred percent bonus match using promo code taffer 101 that's double your money to start winning today so why would you choose bet dsi first of all it's been paying winners for 20 years it's a top rated site And you can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. It is a really friendly interface. It's got a very cool mobile site. And most important, it's got the fastest payouts in the industry. So BetDSI offers options for everything. You can bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. So try betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish Every play, every minute until the end. And remember, new members get a 100% bonus match using promo code TAFFER101. That's double your money to start winning today. Again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code TAFFER101 to get this limited time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. Guys, it's only a game to you bet at BetDSI. Shut it down! All right, here we go. It's time for In the Dark. I am a bit nervous, Corey. I mean, you've last time I got off pretty easily, I must say. Yes, yeah. So have you listened to these this week, or are you just blinding me? I listened to a few of them. We are starting to get a lot more, so it's hard to listen to all of them, but... Uh... But we'll see how it goes. So am I getting off light again this week, or are you uh, sort of going at me a little? I'm going to try to get you a little bit. All right, let's see what happens. Here <laughs> we go. In the dark, I have no idea what's coming. This is where everybody gets to send their audio clip to the show. Corey will pick ones, <laughs> I'm guessing not easy ones, and play them to me. I've never heard these before, right, Corey? Nope. I have no say in which ones are chosen, correct, Corey? Correct. So if this was an envelope, it would be properly audited and completely fair, correct? Correct. All right, here we go. It is time for In the Dark. And also, the better ones will send you a free No Excuses book, with, and it's signed by John. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If we play your In the Dark audio clip on a podcast, you get a shut it down button and a copy signed on my book pretty good deal all right let's get into it here we go hey john i was wondering what's the best beer or your favorite beer to put in the bloody mary mix also i wanted to thank you for making them gluten-free because my wife has celiac disease and she tried it and she loved it my only regret is i should have bought more than one bottle and uh, unfortunately i live about 50 miles away from the nearest walmart well, boy, thank you. I'm glad you like the Bloody Mary mix so much. And next time, buy a couple bottles on that trip to Walmart so you're set for a while. You know, i got to tell you, you want to use like a full-flavor beer. 
when when you're doing a beer bloody mary and and you don't want something too overwhelming like a guinness or a dark or a stout so you know a nice middle of the road beer for example a dosecchi might work out well a, a heineken could work out well uh, 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 so play around with it it's a lot of fun to play with different types of beers in your bloody mary because the character of the cocktail changes so much but have a lot of fun with it play around all right you're getting off easy john so let's far see, let's see what we got Hi, Mr. Taffer. This is Rachel from East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. I just want to say that I love Bar Rescue and I love your new show, Marriage Rescue. I watch them faithfully whenever they're on TV. But my biggest question for you is, what was your most rewarding Bar Rescue ever? Wow. You know, that's really a a tough one because uh, the connection that I have with some of the owners is so freaking deep. Uh, uh, I must tell you, though, I think that... The most most emotional bar rescue I've ever had, and I'm not saying this because it hasn't aired, is the one that I taped two weeks ago. And it was with a vet, and it was involved a bowling center and a vet. I can't tell you much more than that. It'll air in about eight weeks or so. But uh, uh, it never ceases or never... If there's anything I've learned over the years, it's never to know what's around the corner with bar rescue after 184 because the next one will be a mom, the next one will be a father, the next one will be a vet, the next one will be a grandfather in trouble or a kid in trouble or a family going broke or a house on the line. So they're all emotional to me. And I think that's why I keep doing it, honestly. You know, when Bar Rescue ends, two things happen. I get a hug and I get a check. And these days I think the hug means more to me than the check. And uh, I, I think they're emotional because I am, it means so much to me to try to make a difference for these people, which makes it emotional. The deeper you go, the more emotional it gets. So I keep doing it, but uh, the one that you're going to see, which will air in a few weeks, uh, and you'll know it, Bowling Center Vet. Remember those two things, and you'll say, wow. And bring a box of tissues with you when you watch that one. All right, let's move right on to Brady. Hey, John, this is Brady here from Utah. How do you help or manage uh, owner's addiction to alcohol or other substances when you're trying to rescue their bar and have you ever had to face those sort of issues with employees um, of yours where addiction has became a problem in their um, work performance? Well, that's a, a good question, a deep question. There's a lot of things that happen in, in bar rescue that are behind the scenes and don't make it on camera. So for example, if I do have an owner who has a serious drinking problem, and I feel that that drinking problem is a threat to him or his future, his success, we do almost always bring in a counselor. And in almost every case in those situations, we pay for a certain amount of counseling or otherwise arrange a certain amount of counseling for that individual so it lasts for several weeks after we leave. Then, of course, uh, our hope is that the, the owner with a problem, with a substance abuse problem, develops a relationship with that therapist or counselor over those couple of weeks that we've now compensated or set up their, their visits. And through that relationship, the visits then continue. And, and of course, the owner moves on a path, a, a healthy path of new behavior. But you know, it's a very, very difficult issue. Many, many times I recognize that the individual might not have the strength due to their current addiction to get themselves out of the business situation that they're in. That's where you'll notice I focus on bringing managers in and work with daughters and sons to try to create a business support network around the individual. Concept being, if I can make the bar profitable... Uh, uh, using the family around him, I now have, and I set him up or her up with a counselor. I've now set up the business to self-operate to fund the counselor to keep the whole thing going. So it, it's a challenging uh, puzzle. And yes, I've dealt with it with employees. Yes, I have sell, sent employees to rehab over the years, and you know we deal with those issues uh, uh, um, closely, meaning that we don't talk about them. We keep them private, and we support each other through those types of problems. I'm blessed. I've never had an issue like that in my life, uh, fortunately. But uh, uh, I have no disrespect for those that do. I think it's up for all of, up to all of us to help them stand up and get through it, and that's what we try to do. You know, it's funny. When, when I do Bar Rescue, we're often told that we're one of the biggest influencers in the bar and restaurant space. That when Bar Rescue talks about a product, you know, it influences the marketplace because so many people watch the show. I get that. It's an honor. It's also something of respect. 
So, you know, when I think about the fact that, that you know, my show and, and work that I've done has, has made me an influencer, you know, I think about how I've had the television network to do it in Bar Rescue. I have a friend by the name of Sky John. You might know Sky John as the tipsy bartender. Now, the tipsy bartender is one of the very first a social media content people on YouTube and social media channels. Tipsy bartender has, you ready for this, Corey? I'm ready. 23 million Facebook followers. Oh, my God. 23 million. So Sky John has created this channel with, uh, uh, he has 500 million views on YouTube. Yeah, his videos are great. They're unbelievable. And it's all about John's personality. You know, he's just an incredibly dynamic guy. He's from the Bahamas, and he's created this channel, The Tipsy Bartender. And if I think that I influence, man, 23 million Facebook, John is a major influencer. So I thought to myself, how can John and I not do this podcast together? You know, how could John not have done a bar rescue all these years? So I reached out to him, and I'm really, really thrilled. So I have Sky John with me, the tipsy bartender, who is really perfected social media content. And this is an interview that I've been looking so forward to because tipsy bartender or Sky John doesn't only talk about bartending. His mastery of social media content, building his brand without a television network all on his own is incredible. And it's a lesson that we can all learn from. So when I'm back in just a minute, I'll be with Sky John, the tipsy bartender. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Boy, Corey, to get your TV today, how many subscriptions do you have to have? Oh, man, way too many. It's ridiculous between the Hulos and the Netflix and cable and then satellite delivery services and HBO. By the time you're done, you have 20, 30 subscriptions, and you're paying everybody just to watch TV. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. I want to say it again, free streaming television service. You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. No credit card needed, no sign-up. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Download Pluto TV for free on all your favorite devices today. Wow, it's time to turn it up with your new favorite podcast, Expeditiously with T.I. here on Podcast One. Join a rapper, entrepreneur, family man, and activist as he bridges the gap and sheds light on important social topics and much more in an authentic, eyebrow-raising dialogue that might make you want to pull out your dictionary. So download new episodes of Expeditiously with T.I. every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. I am. Taffer's back. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. Hi, John. Yes, sir. <laughs> John Taffer. First, I got to start by saying I love you, buddy. I do. <laughs> I watch your YouTube channel. You know, I've followed you for years. You, you always make me smile. But, but you know, I think that your approach to cocktails and bartending, I'm just a big fan of you, buddy. And it's taken us too long to meet. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> to to video me, yes, yes. So, so uh, uh, I love your story, buddy. And and you know what the the most fun parts of your story was. So you grew up in the Bahamas. Yeah, I grew up in the Bahamas. And I love your job when you worked on a sixteen foot fishing boat. And this is a great story. What were you not allowed to bring with you? So you're out in the ocean <laughs> on a fishing boat. How old are you now, Sky? At this point in your life. I'm 39. So, so you're out on a fi- no, no. Back then, how old were you oh, when you were fishing oh, boat? Back, back then, oh, I was, I was like 20. I was like 21. Okay, so you're- 20. I was like 20, yeah, 21 ish. 22, okay. 23, somewhere around there. So I want to paint this picture. So you're 21, 22 years old. You're working on, on a fishing boat in the ocean, and uh-huh. you're not allowed to bring what with you? Uh, a life jacket. <laughs> So I'm reading this. You you weren't allowed to take food, water, life jackets, or a radio with you. Yeah, no radio either. Because the captain thought they were unlucky. Yeah, yeah, he was super. He was he's like a, he was an easy, unique guy. He was very superstitious, and he was really good at what he did. So <laughs> I I never questioned it. I just went along. It's after you're done and look back, 
that's when you realize, man, that that's... probably was a pretty bad idea. <laughs> but I guess at the time you didn't look at it that way. But then what was great, I love your story, buddy. And then, you know, you, you, you were part of the honor guard for the Queen of England. As she mm-hmm. boarded and disembarked the royal yacht, what an honor that was that day. I guess that was a point of yeah, real yeah, pride. Yeah, that was that was um, that was um, I think that was the last time she might have visited the Bahamas. I'm not sure. She might have been back since then. How did you get chosen for that? I was well. The Bahamas isn't that big, number yeah. one. And our military is even smaller, so yeah. it wasn't like it was a lot of us. Gotcha. But Everyone was vying for that, you know, to be a part of the the goddess she disembarked. I mean, you didn't get to talk to her, but she walked past and inspect, you know, inspect the troops or whatever have you, and you stand at attention. And uh, I mean, but she does that every day, you know. That's yeah. a joke. So, <laughs> but but you got to do it on one of those days, and that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I got to do it on the first day she was there, so that was yeah, cool. That's really cool. And then you, you did you know that you wanted to be in the media business? Did you see that you had this talent when you were young? Well, okay, so I kind of wanted to, but being from an island, I mean, that's not like a realistic goal. Right. That's right. Like, I understand. You live on an island. You don't grow up thinking I can be a nuclear physicist because there are no nuclear physicists on the island unless they're on vacation. Yeah. So it, it was in the back of my mind. But once I made up my mind to go to the States, to move to the States, that's when I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go to the States and do this. So when did you develop the love for bartending that you have? Because you're really passionate. I mean, you really have a love for this. You're very creative. When did you develop that? At what point in your life? I Okay, so I was in L.A. doing the whole acting thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I had decent success as an actor. So I've been in, like, a lot of commercials, a lot of national commercials and stuff. So most yeah. people see me before, even though they don't realize it. And you need something to supplement your income. So I got into bartending. And while I was doing bartending, I started YouTube channels doing different things. And as YouTube began to change, I was like, let me try something new. And so bartending kind of popped up. But not bartending in terms of mixology, just the fun stuff. Because yep. mixology is a very, very serious... Mixology yep. like a religion. Some guys take it a little too serious. I agree with you. They take the fun out of it. So yes. I didn't want to do that. And so I just started making drinks online. At this time, I didn't even know what mixology was. I was just more into with fun bartending. I didn't figure out what mixology was until like maybe like a few years ago. And I was like, <laughs> wow, there's a whole community because I was I was separate and apart from that because the bar yep. I worked at was more of a dive bar, party bar. We didn't yep. do those kinds of drinks. It was more about you know? fun than anything else. Right. So, so you started doing these videos. And obviously... Honestly, there's more of your personality in these videos than anything else, buddy. You know that. People exactly. just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, fall yeah. in love with it's, it's not It's not really about the drink. It's kind of about the drink. But it's it's your personality. So now you, you, you get into YouTube. You start producing your own content. You mm-hmm. realize how many people dream of doing this guy? Having yeah. a YouTube channel and you know creating a national celebrity and doing it all the, on their own. I mean, heck, I had to do it through a television network. You know how few people get to do that. You yeah, got because, to do it on yeah. your own terms, in your yeah. own way, without any networks or anybody doing right, that. Right, right, right. Did you your, know? Your way is almost harder in some way, in a lot of respects. Well, but I could say the same about your way as well, Sky. So you know, because you have to market it, create it distribute yeah. it, create interest for it. You have to do all of those things. On the network, I got a PR department. I got a marketing <laughs> department. So, yeah. you know, I look at you in awe and say that look at what you've created because you're a brand manager, you're a marketing manager, you're a content creator, you're a yeah. promoter, and, and you have to do all this yourself. Did you know that you would get this far? Did you envision, not know, did you envision that you could take it to this level? Not in the beginning. In the beginning, my goal was mainly to pick up a couple extra dollars so I could go backpacking. Okay. Right? <laughs> and so I was like, hey, if I can make a couple hundred dollars every month, then that'll be good because that's enough for like a plane ticket. And I could, you know, I'm just backpacking in like South America. I'll go yeah. for like two, three weeks, come back, rinse and repeat. It was uh, so I, I I went to I remember I went to this party, and you know I'm in my twenties at the time, and so there was a sixteen year old there, sorry a seven seventeen year old, two seventeen year olds, 
One of them might have been 18, two 17-year-olds, in their final year of high school. And he was a YouTuber. This guy was like, hey, Sky, you know, I, I check out this video. And he had a video of him buying a brand new Mercedes Benz, the latest model, cash, as an 18-year-old that he made off YouTube. And I'm like, what? These dudes making this kind of money? And then the 17-year-old, he was day trading stocks for his friends through some <laughs> uncle's account that he wasn't supposed to have access to. And so this dude was making like a few thousand dollars a day day trading because he's pretty good at it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, my goals, I need to <laughs> reevaluate because the bar is not high enough. A couple hundred dollars a month, you know, I, I need to work hard on it. So after meeting them, I definitely began taking it a lot more seriously because I realized I wasn't living up to what I could be doing. And that's when I really began to push and try and shoot for the stars. How many downloads do you average? Just let, I want people to understand the magnitude of your reach. Okay, so it really depends. On YouTube in total, we have, because I mean, if you go to YouTube right now, I don't know what it would say. Yeah. Um, About, just give us. But, but I would say on YouTube, we, we, we're somewhere around 600 and something million um, videos all related to um, bartending. Okay, so I want people to understand that. 650 yeah. million. Yeah, so, six, so 600 million. I, yeah. I want to interrupt you because I want you to finish your question, but I got to interrupt you. So I, I believe this. You have to be the most influential bartender in the world. I think I am. I mean, that's one that the industry might not necessarily <laughs> be fond of because, see, that's that's the, the industry and I, we, we see things differently because the industry is madly in love with mixology, right? And I'm not that. So as a result, all my issues with the industry stem from that in terms of them not necessarily understanding that drinking's supposed to be fun. I understand that you make it a very well-balanced drink, and that's cool, but... People don't necessarily drink alcohol for the taste. I think I'm testament to that. Because, I mean, like, we make a lot of sugary drinks. They drink alcohol for fun, to take the edge off, you know? If, right. if alcohol did not make you tipsy, you probably wouldn't drink it. And know? if you weren't having fun while you were drinking it, you probably yeah. wouldn't drink yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're, like, deeply depressed and you turn into booze for that. But but most people drink because, you know, it's fun. Take the edge off. You're sitting down having fun with other people. Yeah. And so we, we, we play with that. You know, you know, it's interesting. You and I experience the same thing because on Bar Rescue, I'm resistant to a drink that takes four minutes to make. And oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, and because I'm a businessman, I'm not a bartender. Uh -huh. So to me, how many transactions can I do an hour? What is the value of those transactions? So if you can put together a system for me that I can put out a drink every 30 seconds, every 45 seconds, and people are smiling and having fun, uh -huh. and the other guy says, well, it's going to take me four times longer to make that drink, then yeah. i got to charge four times the price, don't I, Sky? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're or right. or you're I'm right. not making the same money. So I'm resistant to the whole snobbery of mixology in very many cases in Bar Rescue because I don't think it matches the marketplace. Well, and yeah, it, it does take a while. The drinks taste amazing. They're wonderful. Oh, no, they're, they're yeah, creative. But it's a culinary approach, if you will, to yeah. making cocktails, where you and I are much more of a fun approach generally. But, you know, in the world that you and I like to play in, the average bard makes money 16 hours a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday mm -hmm. night, right? And during those yeah. four hours each night, they do big money. We right. got to get those drinks out quick, and everybody better have a good time while we're doing it. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you, you're right, you're right. Um, that's, 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 that's the thing, like, the, the drinks are amazing, but some, especially the really complicated ones that have to be smoked and all that, oh, yeah. I mean, they take time. Yeah, they do. So you really need to sell that drink for thirty dollars to yeah. make it worth worth, so, <laughs> worth so your while. <laughs> we created a couple of years ago. We created the cocktail program for Famous Dave's Barbecue Restaurant. Okay. And we wanted to do smoked cocktails because it's a smoked place, and I wanted because uh -huh. they have smoked ribs and smoked meat, and I wanted to do a smoked iced tea. So we got the smoke guns, but what we did is we got bottles, and we put smoke in the bottle, put an ounce and a half of whiskey in it, sealed it, and put it on the back bar so they were pre-smoked. Okay. So the concept was our whiskey is four years and four days old. Okay. Because okay. we smoked okay. it for four days. But it didn't slow us down. 
We just popped right. the bottle and poured it. So, you know, we could still infuse it, but it wasn't that four-minute snobby process of, of how many teaspoons of smoke will I put <laughs> will I put into my perfectly fluted glass. Anyway, I think you and I sort of agree on that a little bit. Everything has its place. But what's yeah, yeah. great about you is you're a bartender site that reaches out to not only the industry, but a big consumer base, buddy. I mean, you got a big footprint. So, yeah, we like. I, I wouldn't say I try to reach out to the industry at all. all, right. all, all most of the people who follow us are regular people or dive bartenders. Who just and they're just having fun. fun. Right, right. right. So, right. so I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this question before. I got huge respect, buddy, for what you've built and, and the amount of reach that you have. How many followers do you have on Facebook, just approximately? About 23 million. 23 million. And 22 they, point something. Yeah, call it, 20, yeah Over 20 million. How's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. O- over 20 million with 650 million downloads on YouTube. So many people think to themselves, boy, that what a dream to be able to do that. You make the content anywhere you are, right? You, you yeah. can take it with you. If I were to ask you to answer this question in one word, I'd be really curious to hear what the word you would choose is. Sky, what business are you in? Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's the word, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah. I had no idea how you were going to answer that. I didn't know if you were going to say promotion or drinks or or a uh, 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 content. You know, there's uh-huh. so many other words. I think that's why it works for you, honestly. Yeah, because you are entertaining and and you get it. You're not selling sciences. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're not selling procedures, right? You're not teaching something that's so hard that after I watch you, I can't begin to do it. You're entertaining. All right. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely a digital media company that that focus on liquor, but not really more entertainment by way of liquor. <laughs> You know, I often say that Bar Rescue is very much not about bars sometimes. It's about people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. Bar Rescue is often about a struggle of somebody who's in trouble. And your house is on the line and this business is taking them down. And it just happens to be a bar. Uh-huh. But it's really the story of a person. So bars are sort of the backdrop of me telling a story. Drinks are the backdrop of you entertaining. Right. There's, there's a similarity to that. Right. When did you realize, hey, man, I'm pretty good at this? Did you have a moment like that? Well, see, because, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you cross 10 million followers on Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew, we, I knew we were definitely on to something, you know? I knew we were definitely on to something. I don't, I don't know that I've ever really sat down and go, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I, I... I know I'm probably good enough <laughs> to be the biggest. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty darn good. This guy. So, so uh, uh, when you're not doing this, and and because obviously you have a big platform, people uh-huh. love you. I think the reason why people love you is because you're so authentic, buddy. I mean, you you really are who you are. Whether I'm interviewing now or whether you're doing a tipsy bartender video, no matter what I look at, you're always the same. You're very authentic to yourself, and I think that's the basis of success, I think, in in, in the content world today, right, is people getting to know you because you are authentic. You're not different every week. You're not faking it. You are who you are. So as a guy with a huge following, You obviously know how to generate content. You know how to distribute content. You know how to use these platforms, right? So so you're not just an entertainer. You're a master marketer through social media, right? That's true. That's true. You could look at it that way, too. (laughs) You you also are one who knows how to analyze your audience, right, and provide the content that they want to see, correct? Correct. So in as much as you're an entertainer, you're running a small entertainment empire, with marketing and all these aspects of it, when you wake up in the morning, which part of that's the most fun for you? Uh, <laughs> Good question, right? Yeah, I don't know. Just coming to coming into the office and trying to piece all, put everything together, and to keep everything afloat, you know? Yeah. And and we're just wondering, like, because every day is different. Like, what challenges are we going to face today? And how to, and what's the best way around this? Yeah. So this is really has not been a, a five-year strategic master plan. This has been you measuring success and, and working it uh, a day by day or month by month. 
Yeah, I've been, I've been I've been on social media since 2007, so I'm one of the original. You could kind of call me an original YouTuber. Yeah. Like when the platform first came out, I had an idea for like a talk show, and we shot a pilot for it. I mean, it wasn't going to be like a great talk show. Yeah. And uploaded it to YouTube, and then we realized, wow, a lot of people is beginning to come. Not a lot, but you could see that, okay, over time, more people would come. I didn't know YouTube would be as big as it is today, because I would have taken it more serious way back then. Some guys realized that, but I didn't. And so, you know, we, we start putting out videos just competing with other people on YouTube. And just, a lot of these were interviews or just me doing a social commentary about something that's going on in the mm -hmm. news. And all the other guys were doing the same thing, and we would, like, compete. Like, hey, my video got 10,000 views, and then this guy's got 100,000. You go, wow, how'd you do that, you know? And so it was just fun. And then, like, a few years later, YouTube introduced monetization. They did this thing called AdSense, where yeah. now they started to compensate. And that, that was when everything changed. Like, it, like, there were no more random videos at that point, because in the beginning, we just put up whatever. It didn't matter right. how it looked. You weren't being paid for it. Now you, wanted to, now you wanted to monetize it all. Right. Everybody started really beginning to focus, and you see channels really evolving to focus on very specific things. The specificity began to come into place. But this guy is about, he, he does vlogs showing his daily life. This one does, um, you know, news. This guy, like me, you know, is... This, and like everyone started getting into their particular fields and it just spread from there. It's amazing to see like how far YouTube's come in such a short time. So now you, uh, you were fortunate because you had the vision to get involved early and that mm -hmm. clearly helped you. What would you say to, to a young Sky John today, a young guy who's passionate about something and wants to enter this world? It's a whole different model today because you're making a smaller sw splash in a bigger pond yeah. You made a bigger splash in a smaller pond, right? Right, right, right. So, That's true. So what would, um, you, what would you say? What would be the advice that you'd give to, to, to a young somebody like you who's good on camera, you know, thinks they have something to say? And, and how do you get noticed today? Is there an answer? Is there a secret sauce, guy? Because I hear everybody talking about it, but I've never heard anybody tell me what it is. It's really you, and you have to find out what it is that that – that resonates with an audience when it comes to you. Like, which, kind of what you enjoy doing. I mean, it is a job, but at, at the same time, it shouldn't be something that you hate doing. Like, you can't do videos about washing dishes if you really, really <laughs> hate washing dishes. You know what I mean? Because the audience will be able to tell that. So, yeah, you have, and you, you can't wake up. I could say this. I'll say this one thing. You can't wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to do bartending videos the way he does bartender videos because that might not be your calling. And then you can't necessarily pretend to be me. You have to do you, you know, you understand? And so you might try bartending videos and it doesn't work. And then try this and then try this. Like all the bigger YouTube channels have all done other things before they are where they are. You know, so if you go back throughout the history of YouTube, you'll see these guys work. They tried a lot of different things before they found that specific thing that resonated with the audience. So you have to be open-minded, play with a lot of stuff, throw a lot of stuff at the <laughs> wall and see what sticks. And also, I guess you get better at it each time. You get better on camera. You get to learn your chops, yeah, your timing yeah, better. Yeah. You can critique yeah. your own content better in that situation. So I yeah. think that's really good advice. And so the point is don't do one thing on any of these channels, and when it fails, give up. Keep going. Another one, another yeah. one, another one, another one. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've learned that in, in Bar Rescue, too, because uh, 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 when I did Bar Rescue, I, I couldn't do it like other TV shows. And you didn't do what you did like other people did. No, no. I went at it authentic to me. You went at it authentic to you. Right. And people really understand that, Sky. They really do. So what's next, buddy? You've got such a massive following. You know, people love you. You know, they look well, forward to, to hearing from you all the time. What do you do with that now? Well, now I began to work on kind of properly monetizing um, moving forward. Because like you said, with a huge audience, like that's just one of the things I have not done as I've been doing this is monetize my audience the way a lot of other YouTubers have, have, yeah. have, have done it. And so now we begin in that process where we're introducing, um, you know, like, um, like a bartending course, but unique to me. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to teach you like mixology, just, you know, stuff, yes. stuff around that. And that, that'll be out soon. And then, um, you know, we have a website with all our colorful recipes and shots and stuff. Uh-huh. And properly monetizing that and getting that to work. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of a lot a lot of stuff like that, a lot of offshoots to, to kind of generate revenue to keep keep the bus going. It's interesting. I, I have the same type of challenges in my business, of course, because I have the T V show, just like yeah. you have your basic channel. Right. But then I have merchandise and websites and I have my video training programs and my mixologist line just launched in Walmart. Oh, nationally. Good, 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 good. Uh, I'm going to send you a case, matter of fact. I will. Please, please. And, and, and you don't have to tell anybody publicly, but I want to hear what you think because I worked my ass off on these things. So I created Taffer's Mixologist, worked uh-huh. with some of the best mixologists in the country. And, yeah, I and, know. You would know them. Oh, no, I did. And, and uh, we're in 4,478 Walmarts, and Hex Guy, we're doing great. So it's, it's a real source of, of pride for me to be in that consumer product space. And in three weeks, we introduced Taffer's Carbonated Craft Cocktails, which is my seltzer line. Okay, okay. And you should consider doing something in that space because you could do I've something really fun. Yeah. You could yeah. do something really fun, and you've got the brand to carry it. Yeah. You know, you are an example of what everybody should be who wants to be in this business. You're genuinely a good guy, buddy. You just are genuinely likable. You're passionate about what you do. Your success is no surprise to me whatsoever, Sky. So now I'm in a corner, you buddy. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Well, you want to do recon with me in a bar rescue episode? Sure, sure, sure. I'd like that. I'd love to have you. You can come do recon, spend a couple of days on set together. We'll send you into a bar. You'll tell me how it sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> the cocktails are boring as hell. And, and uh, let's have a little fun together, okay? I will, man. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. They might recognize me, though. You never know. That's okay. We'll put a, we'll put a little wig or a hat on you or something. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm down. Anyway, Sky, this was a real pleasure, buddy. Congratulations on all your success. I said this at the beginning of this interview. I love you, buddy. I do. I love your authenticity. I I love the fun that you have. I love that you've been able to build the audience that you do. You know, I love how much integrity you have to yourself and who you are in your own authenticity. So, you know, I wish you twice, three times the success you've already had. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, I wish I wish you the same. I'm trying to be like you. Oh, okay. stop. <laughs> my, my father, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Sky, this was a pleasure, buddy. So we'll talk soon. We'll get you on Bar Rescue, okay? All right, thank you. Okay, <laughs> take care, buddy. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Wow. To think that Sky John went from the Bahamas from a fishing boat guy, fast food restaurant guy, to come to America to build one of the most successful YouTube channels in the world. 500 million views on YouTube. Here's what I learned, and I hope you learned something too. I learned that the content business means nothing if you don't have the right strategy, the right platforms, the right angles, the right hooks. And the fact of the matter is Sky John mastered that. So many of us are into social media. So many of us dream about creating profitability through social media, creating our own channels, creating our own value, our own version of bar stool sports. The fact of the matter is it's not easy because it's a very noisy world out there. Sky John mastered it, and learning from him and watching what he does is a great example for anyone who wants to get in that business. Well, talk to everybody next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to No Excuses with John Taffer on Podcast One. Download new episodes every Tuesday here on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and at Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. 